Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. It's been almost a year since we launched, and somehow we're on season four. I'm your host, one of your hosts, uh, Dr. E, Modern Manual Therapy, Edge Mobility System, and with me, as mostly always, is Jason Shane from Shane Physiotherapy. The largest Canadian physiotherapist in the world on, face- <laughs> on Facebook. On Facebook, I'm like the largest. I'm like, people are going to start looking at my profile picture and like, right. what do they mean? He doesn't look so big. Mm. Yeah, so I just thought that we would make this the first episode of season four. Great idea. And do you have a story for us? I do. And I don't know if this is too soon. I mean, it's only been a year since I actually told my red flag story and, and inspired Sean Smale, uh, one of our guests, to tell a really great uh, bully story. And you can catch that, and, and we'll leave that in the show notes, too. But um, Jason said I should tell this story. So one of my friends, a uh, good family friend, said her father had been suffering from some low back pain. The doctor pretty much just said, just gave him meds and told him to rest. And he was un- unable to do anything. He lived by himself. And she helped him a lot. She, she usually kind of cut the grass and stuff. And I mean, even when I got when I got there, it was just last summer. And she was uh, cutting the grass. And he normally liked to do everything himself. But she, she tried to help her father as she could. So he was just downstairs. And, you know, there are a couple things that kind of stood out even just from from meeting him that would have made me think this is going to be a tougher case. Um, he was he was a bit older, and that doesn't mean it's a tougher case. But sometimes they tend to be slow responders, at least in mobility. But also, he was one of those patients that basically, if you to put your hands on them to mobilize them, then you would smell like smoke the rest of the day. Got it. So a smoker, which, you know, I find, and I'm sure you found as well, just sometimes can be slower to heal. Right. And, you know, there, there is research that shows that people who smoke um, chronic low back pain versus people who don't smoke, the ones who don't smoke, they tend to respond faster. And um, there was even a third group in a particular study that showed that people who quit in the middle of the study also tended to improve, even though obviously in the amount of time that they quit, it wouldn't have improved their health at all. Of course not. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but that's probably discussion for an entirely different podcast, maybe. Anyway, I, I so, you know, his he was older. There was that. He had been smoking for a majority of his life, and I thought... Uh, there's just my experience again, just shows that these people tend not to respond. Uh, I had, I had done just repeated motion exam and I didn't really find anything really conclusive. He kind of had a loss of ability to load in the involved side, which was his right or left side. I, I don't quite remember. So we started off with some extensions and some side glides and they improved his mobility a little bit, but nothing really lasted in terms of like after my walking test, you know, like it has a stick if you, if you walk for, for maybe a minute or two. <laughs> so I then tried mobilizing his hips and that was kind of stiff as to be expected and slow responding, nothing dramatic, no dramatic improvement. So uh, 
after maybe about 45, 50 minutes, and, and I'm doing a good bit of pain science, and he's just like, I don't care what what you say, just make it better. <laughs> you know? he, he's just like <laughs> a old, gruff, but super, super nice guy. And um, I, I put him on the table, uh, or on my massage table, and I decided, hey, you know what? Even though I tried all this weight-bearing stuff, why don't I just go non-weight-bearing? I put him in a lumbar roll position. I put the involved side down, meaning I went to go load the involved side, not unload it as many traditional manual therapists do. Mm -hmm. uh, after about three sets of 10 of that, <clears throat> he was a little bit straighter because um, he had a slight lateral shift. And that was another thing that kind of made me think this would be a tougher case. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we did we did another set and literally all his pain was gone. His leg pain was gone. Um, he was able to walk up and down the stairs. He felt great. Then side glides worked to um, kind of mitigate the threat, whatever that threat may be. So truthfully, I, I was kind of shocked that, you know, that's not exactly a Hail Mary technique, but I was shocked that after a lot of different other things I had tried that got really minimal to no lasting relief, they got like temporary relief, that this actually mm -hmm. gave him lasting relief for maybe, I, I was there for at least another 20 minutes because I was talking to his daughter. He was and really, for listeners who aren't f familiar with the lumbar roll, are you referring to sort of loading up like the position before a manipulation? Yeah, just as like a sideline lumbar manipulation position. With yeah, the, but not actually doing the manipulation. Just No. I mean, you would do a mobilization in the same position. Yeah, of course. Just, just want people who were listening. Right. So probably about two, three days later, uh, his, his daughter called and said he was just feeling great. And she was really, really appreciative. And he was he really liked me a lot. So I thought that was a nice, nice um, thing to hear. And then maybe only one or two days later after that, she said, hey, you know, my father woke up with Bell's palsy. And I said, you have to you have to take him back to the doctor right away. Mm -hmm. um, then through whatever series of testing, it turns out that he had Mets all over. And I think he was dead in a week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and, and sorry, for, sorry for the language. I, I, I had forgot you had told me this story months ago and I, I think I must've blocked it from my mind. Right. Well, I mean, it, it had affected me so much and, you know, <coughs> excuse me, it's cold as kicking my butt. Um, the, the thing with this is, you know, when you look at, we've talked about it before with the red flags is he didn't really have like this these standard red flags um and even the red flags i mean he had kind of lethargy but anyone with pain has lethargy right and he responded you said he had 20 That's minutes of relief he responded and he, he had yeah. he had days of relief days of relief yeah. yeah i mean that would and as you said you brought up at the very beginning of our podcast about our red flag podcast how accurate are red flags but in general you know, if someone responds to some form of manual therapy as opposed to being unresponsive, you tend to think it's something right, right know, in the tissues. We'll say right, a systematic review. Um, you know, and we reviewed this last year too. Basically, showed that the only real red flags that seem to be significant are previous history of cancer and a failure to improve within within a month. So, yeah. I mean, he improved right away. And exactly. Just and, and you know. So, I was I was surprised that he improved, um, but it, I mean that just goes to show the power of the, the nervous system to modulate pain when the right thing is done or directional preference or direction of ease is found. Despite the overall health of the patient, it doesn't necessarily mean you still can't modulate pain. But I mean I, I was I was shocked and 
I, I was really happy that I got to meet him because he was a really he was a super nice dude. And I think these are powerful stories. I mean, uh, I know the last time you shared one, I think uh, season one, which was as you said, just a year ago, it four years ago. Year. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was one of our most popular episodes, and I, I think that um, you know a, a buzzword that's been a buzzword for many years, and I think you've talked about it as well as just therapists reflecting on their practice, whether it's reflecting on the types of manual therapy techniques they've used, whether it's reflecting on um, patients they've seen, what they could have done different. But it just, you know, maybe it gives stories like this give people pause that not not that you're looking for uh, mets or cancers or red flags all the time, because in general, they are rare. But, you know, I think hearing these stories just people maybe are slightly more aware. They're keeping their eyes open slightly more. Right. I mean, it still happens a lot less than you would think. And if your friend Tash is listening to this, it's going to revalidate <laughs> her thing that basically oh, I know. What, what, you learned, what you learned from the Canadian um, fellowship training is that everyone has cancer. Oh, <laughs> that's, I know. That's, what, yes, that, that's, that's somehow she got, that's what she got out of it. Yes. Um, and I, I said, look, it was at, at the time when I met her, I was like, look, this only, I've only seen this one or twice in my almost uh 18 19 year career and now it's three and that's still three out of a lot of patients and that's still probably even higher than most physios would ever say and as you said well you don't treat as many patients now for years you would have treated how many patients a day 10 plus a day so 10 plus a day more (laughs) more than that maybe yeah so so when you think of the thousands if not maybe even over 10,000 over 10,000 patients you've seen the number is you know significantly less than one percent probably yeah i mean and 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 that's what um research data would would say too in terms of you know the the amount of patients that actually have terminal cancer and you know i know we didn't say this last time but uh we'd be more than happy if our any of our listeners reached out with similar stories of their own whether they want to send us an email whether they want to even uh think about the idea of perhaps even uh coming on and sharing their story with us right it could be either if you're too shy to go on air um we'd be happy to read it and that's one of the things we want to feature in this new season and new year we will read other uh physios or clinician stories so exactly so hey Thank you, everyone, for helping us get to season four. Uh, we're still enjoying it, uh, still, and we don't hate it yet. This is not. No, a, no, no, no. I mean, not the grind. We, we, no, no, no. I mean, uh, not at all. And uh, you know, uh, Ursa and I enjoy hearing each other's stories. Uh, hopefully, as much as uh, you hear it, enjoy hearing them as well, listeners. All right. So again. Our challenge or our request would be just email Jason or I, um, hit the contact button on my blog, contact Dr. E, contact us through our social media. You can find me on Modern Manual Therapy on Facebook and Jason at Shane Physiotherapy on Facebook. Exactly. You can, uh, yeah, exactly. ShanePhysiotherapy.ca is my website. You can contact me there or same thing, my Shane Physiotherapy uh, on Facebook. And we'll be happy to respond. Right. Leave us a review on iTunes. That would be great. Um, five stars, please. Otherwise, don't I mean, forget to, right, don't forget to thank Updoc Media. We always forget. Right, thanks, thanks, Updoc Media <laughs> for hosting. All right, we will see you next time. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Erson.